three, three, two, two, one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only, Asher, Asher Chua. Morning, Coach. Hey, good morning, Asher. How you doing, bro? Doing great. Good, 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 to see you. good to see you, man. Good to see you. Likewise. See you. There you are. Uh, how you been? Great. That's good, man. It's good to see you. Good to hear What you been up to? Podcasting, um, getting myself back in order. Took some time off last year and uh, just started this year back back to the basics. Good, good, good for you, man. That's good. Yeah. So, what, what besides besides doing that, what else have you been doing? Well, I started working at um, Home Depot, which has been a, a nice change because I um, what was it from the end of May till December, pretty much. I wasn't I wasn't working actively like outside the home, right? Right. And, or even I guess before that, I was working from home, but then um, layoffs and other things like that. Okay. But, um, I've taken the time to be more active, working like a 40 hours during the week, and then the time outside of that, making sure I rest properly, and just um, doing some counseling and coaching where I'm, I'm getting the, the counseling and coaching, and that's that's been the game changer because um, I know we, you're probably familiar with like the DISC or the, uh, the broader assessment that's three parts that looks at how you behave, why you do certain things, like what are mm-hmm. your motivators and then also what what it is that you do like in what way do you think so kind of using that as a background but not really highlighting it i've been able to kind of pick up where i left off in 2019 when i first started this to really identify where it is that i am how i see myself and where i want to go from here so that's been do you do you feel a whole lot better like energized a lot more purpose driven good a lot a lot more that's what counts yeah good especially now especially now that we're into the, the second quarter and you have like the the first quarter jitters or the, the excitement kind of starts to wane off and like mm-hmm. you're doing the things and you're like okay are my are my uh what's the word are my motivations still the same okay is it okay if nobody's watching if nobody's chiming in if no one's saying anything to you am i still gonna get up and do what i said for myself am i gonna put the mask mm. on me first, or am i gonna be spending time trying to please other people i love her try to be like, oh, okay, like, is this person affirming me? Is this right, person right. doing that? So now the goal is really affirm yourself and give yourself what you want to give to other people. Like give that to yourself. And then once yep. you're cool, go and interact with other people. I love it. That's good. Good stuff. Thanks. How about yourself? I, I see you're always oh, busy, always inspiring. I, I am. I try to, I try to stay very, very busy, um, you know, and right now it's just as, as an educator, that's my primary career, my primary passion, my primary gift gift and purpose on this earth. So uh, I do that a lot. And then outside of that, of course, coaching sports, trying to very stay very active with that. Um, I have my own, uh, I guess, program and curriculum and things that I do during the summer with students in my community that I've created. So I stay busy with that. And then of course, doing post-it with my wife, post postmates with my wife, and of course, raising two more children. Um, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's just staying busy and staying active and finding other things that you can implement and you could apply to your life and just keep going forward. Don't, don't, you know, it, it, one of the things that I've learned over this, this beautiful season of transformation and really living life is uh, if I stay back and I'm waiting for everybody to, as you said earlier, to affirm me, on anything, then I'm I'm I am sabotaging myself 
Mm-hmm. And that's what has been the greatest antidote is when I allow other people's opinions or somebody else's uh, affirmations to, 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 to deter me from my focus, from my goals, from my decisions, then I am sabotaging myself. And there, right then, right then and there, I am giving all my freedom away. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it's, it's been magnificent, man. I, I love what I do. And I'm very happy for that hard discipline of making decisions and then sticking to them, whether it's going to the gym or waking up at 3 a.m. or continuously to self-educate myself and to share it with the world. This year, I made a promise that every single month that I was going to share content, whether it was you know three books, two books, whatever I was reading and applying to my life and consuming and putting before the frontal cortex of my mind, I was going to share with other people. That way they too can hopefully be empowered, but not just empowered, but inspired to start picking up books, start reading and start really educating themselves and get to that next level within themselves. Mm, that's good. I, I guess one, one so question. I, what's that? All right. I said, are you ready? Yeah, uh, I'm ready. I, I see okay. you got your, I see you got your cup. <laughs> so I was going to say, uh, it had me thinking of a, no, no sugar in my coffee. <laughs> oh man. I, you know, what's funny here. So I know, I know you, I, I had a feeling you were going to bring that up. You know, a, a lot of people that I've sat down with and have asked that question, Hey coach, the guy said, what happened to no sugar in my coffee? I'm like, no sugar in my coffee is still here. Mm-hmm. What, what the context again, what the context for no sugar in my coffee was, was, you know, I was going to give anything that I absolutely had in my mind mm-hmm. absolutely for free. And it was going to be raw. Mm-hmm. It, a great majority of people on this globe don't drink just black coffee. They got to put right. sugar in it. They got to put cream in it. Well, I always looked at that again. I always looked at that narrative of drinking coffee like light. It's going to be raw. It's going to be dark. It's going to be hard. It's going to be powerful. Yeah. And, you know, when you put, when you add the sugar, you know, you're sweetening it all up. You, you, you're looking for the comfort. I'm looking for right. discomfort. Mm. I want to, I want this mo- the most discomforting thing that, that can go into my body at the first crack of the morning that right. way I can start really pushing myself, catapult myself. So no sugar in my coffee is here. I'm no sugar in my coffee. That's who right. I right. am. No sugar in my coffee. So yeah, it, it's still no sugar in my coffee. I still don't put sugar in there. Been there what, <laughs> uh, going on six years, you know, and I, I, I did a lot of research though. I was doing research when I was going to college and I started looking at the contents that they were putting in these creamers and and the, the history of sugar. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, what? I'm not going to be a subject to it. Now, are there other things in life that have sugar? Yes. But I am not cognitively thinking about that because I am not adding it on my own. If right. I take sugar from a coffee shop and I add it, now I am giving, again, sabotaging myself because now I am giving over mm-hmm. and allowing my freedom to be subjected to that particular item. So it's easier for me, again, I don't feel so, uh, I guess, uh, consciously moved um, when it's, I'm not, again, when I don't have control of it, but if I have control of it, oh, you bet. I know the history of it and I think it's wrong. So right. I don't add it into my coffee. Right. So there's, yeah, there's, there's great, there's a great study that I've done PowerPoint and stuff. I did for school on nutrition and health. So that was, that was another, that was another antidote to why I don't drink coffee or I don't, I don't have sugar or sweetener in my right. coffee. Right. I like that because it, it's funny. That's in alignment with kind of what, um, 
we talked about yesterday, me and my coach, and it goes back to this thing with the training that I did with the assessment, being able to be a facilitator and to really to help people understand, not not to be a problem solver, I'm having trouble finding the word right now, but one of the phrases that was used is that you have to be able to interrogate reality without placing blame. And when it comes to self-image, really taking the time to sit down and to say, here's how I view myself and let anything that's a negative a negative indicator use that as you would in a computer system where it's where it's the fact that any negative feedback you get is to tell you that something is not working as it should be and you can't just be dwell on it or try to cover it up with sugar or milk it's like no sometimes you have to see what's really going on and the truth really comes out in the in its rawest form when you can just be honest and bear. And I, I just thought about the no sugar of my coffee because I um had seen a lot of a lot of the videos and every time you put one out, I was like, I always enjoyed like the content, the intro and the uh the music choice, the music selection that you had because I was like, I listened to the same <laughs> the same ones. I was like, man, great minds think alike, or at least I'm in the right circles. But I guess the, the question I wanted to ask is is um kind of a nice prompt to introduce yourself to the people is to ask who do you say you are? Uh, Coach Frank Sagasta. That's who I say I am. I'm Coach Frank Sagasta. People in the community know me as Coach. It's Coach Frank Sagasta, you know, and that's who I am. Gotcha. I like that. Short and simple. <laughs> that's it, man. Keep it short and simple. Keep it short right. and simple. I love it. And um, you've been in, in the educational field for a while, correct? Being able yeah. to have like yep. not. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? You're, are you in the regular school system or the, the charter school system? So I'm in the public charter school system. So what that means is, you know, for a lot of people, it's public funded. Um, mm -hmm. We are a charter part of a charter board. And because of that, though we are publicly funded, we mm -hmm. still have the option of choosing the curriculum that we want for our students to be academically sound or prepare them for the future. So it's much different than that hard, you know, basis of, of or, or I should say that wide spectrum of public schools today. So, yeah, I'm a part of a, of a charter public school. Gotcha. And that definitely, were you in the regular public schools before you went to the charter I have system? Never, I have never been a part of an of a, of a, of a actual public school. And my wife, Sarah, she's she's a part of a public school. She's been there, I think, three years or something close to that. But uh, okay. she was a part of a she was part of a charter school for years. But mm -hmm. now it's her first time being part of a public, and she sees the difference now. She gets to be able to look at both spectrums, or, or I'm sorry, of, of both uh, perspectives, and right. see exactly. You know, there there are some there are some goods and there are some bads. You know, between mm -hmm. them both. So she gets a different variety, a different eye for that. And I I hear it. You know, from time to time when she tells me, I'm like, wow. Right. That's crazy. So it's cool. <laughs> the I guess that that's cool because I I know you mentioned like the the way it's funded differently and the the structure is different. But as an instructor, how does that how does that allow you to really teach the material in the way that you want to teach it without being restricted by you have to meet these quotas? Oh man, I have a I have the best you know administration and founder of the school. And that was one of the reasons why she brought me into school. She says, I, I want to, you know, they're, 
their motto is leadership. And so they never had an actual genuine, you know, uh, I guess, facilitator or, or coach or mentor or instructor or professor ever on this subject. And she had seen what I was doing with the community college and just having free classes with the Boys and Girls Club. And so that was one of her things to say, all right, I had to get this guy over here, you know, and, and right. let's, let's make it happen. Let's let's negotiate, you know, the the um, the capital. So, you know, it, it, I have the freedom. I do. I have the freedom and I make it very structured. Uh, I, I still use a little bit of, uh, you know, our, 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 you know, my former teacher and, and, and mentor and uh, inspiration, Dr. Eric Thomas. So I still use some of his content. So I use Grant Cardone because I went to both universities. And so there's some content I use. I pull from both of those individuals, but I dig a whole lot deeper than those two individuals. I bring in stuff mm-hmm. from Jim Rohn, from Aristotle, from Socrates. So I, you know, I, I give a lot of good information mm-hmm. as well as identifying resources of where we can find more as we continue on this path of leadership. So it, it, like I said, my, my, my curriculum and everything that I do in my classroom, I have all the freedom. You know, and, you know, as, as, as we've heard on, on that movie, Spider-Man, what was it? He said, uh, it was a quote in the movie. He says, um, you know, oh man, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he says, basically, you know, with a lot of freedom is, or with a lot of power, comes oh. a lot of responsibility. Right, right, right. right? From Uncle Ben. So, and with, exactly. With great, so, you know, great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. And so I think about that from time to time and it, it's, it's just a, a strong grounding tool because I know that God has given me a power, given me a gift, give me a responsibility. Now, what I do with my gift is my gift back to him. And I've always literally played that in my mind. That's been like one of my philosophies mm. you know you've been given a gift an opportunity a golden opportunity and what are you going to do with it is to get back at him so right. it, it, it's like i say it, it's i'm i have the freedom in my classroom on campus and i use it to the best to the very best awesome I, i'm curious how did you get the uh the moniker of coach oh man so i was coaching back in 2005 I was coaching um, Little League. I think it was a little bit before. Then. It might have been about 2000. Mm-hmm. No, my son. No, it was about 2005. So right. about 2005, I was coaching in the community. I was coaching baseball. And just, you know, the kids would see me. And it was, mm-hmm. hey, coach. They would see me in the community. Hey, coach. And so I got more involved in 2010 with a high school program. Mm-hmm. And so my first year, I volunteered. The second year, I was put on as a, as a full-time defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. We won a state title. And just that that uh, that position of coach really stuck out to me. So I started digging and doing research and finding out what is a coach? What, what, where did that term come from? And why do a lot of people, you know, call me that all the time? Mm-hmm. So it just stuck. It became like natural. Now, you know, again, when people see me in the community over – the span of years, it's always coach. They just yeah. know coach as coach, coach Sagasta. They, you know, it's all coach. They don't call me by my first name. So it, it's really, you know, I, I am honored or privileged by that, you know, and, and I definitely hold a lot of um, expectation and standard to that because I believe that great coaches are those who separate themselves from the average coach, from mm-hmm. the, you know, from the, the mediocre coach. You know, right. the, the, the coach really has a, a very fine mind and he or she does not deter from any, you know what I mean, from any any way to lean towards this way or to lean towards that way. No, they're just they're, they're on the fence. They just keep on they keep on rolling. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> I, 
And one thing, one thing that I've noticed about you is that, um, like you said, you like to go and research things. You like to go deeper than the surface. You like to take your time and really get into the weeds of things, so to speak, or even go below the weeds and get into the dirt and see like what's really going on here. What like what else is there that I might be missing? And I'm curious, has that always been like a part of your personality, or what? What always what gives you that itch or that curiosity? I like that's a good question. You know. One of the things that I, I find myself, the more, I would say, let me back up. The, the very start of it was probably about five years ago, uh, maybe six years ago, somewhere in there when, when you know, joining my very first year of BU, for those that are watching, it's pre university, the founder, Dr. Eric Thomas, it, it was, you know, he says, information changes situation. Mm-hmm. And I'll never, ever, that has like ingrained and singed in my mind, information changes situation. So when I looked at, you know, my reality of what life was for me, I started getting deep into information. Right. I fell in love with it. And that's why I took, that's why I took that, that serious, get up at 3 a.m. It's still time. And that's where it, it's always been like still time, still time, still time mm-hmm. just for what? To play video games, to sit around with my, you know, with, twiddling my thumb. No, still time to just consume as much information because all the years prior, mm-hmm. I was just drifting, drifting through life. And like a lot of people, it's just drifting through life where I made it an absolute discipline, an absolute area to say, okay, this is going to be my designated time. And I'm mm-hmm. going to devote this time to God. And I'm going to devote this time to self-education. And I'm going to go up, not down and not straight, just go straight up. Mm-hmm. That was the, I guess, the premise. That was the, the ignition. That was the light right. that said I was going to dig deeper. And so today, you know, I look at myself as being a scholar and I can definitely say, what is a scholar? A scholar is an individual who continues to research, to find, to to have this paradox of clarity, uh, you know, when everything he's looking at and what what he wants for himself or she wants for himself, uh, for themselves. So, you know, I look at that stuff and say, okay, if there's some a subject that correlates with where I'm at, oh, I'll go, I'll go, yeah, I'll go digging, you know, and I, and I might stay digging and researching and discovering for two years, three years, five years. Again, I've been on leadership and philosophy and, you know, uh, business, business for about three years, uh, philosophy, personal, you know, personal or professional development for about five and a half years, almost six years, mm. you know? And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about research. It's all about finding and discovering and looking for different perspectives. And that's what it's always been. People always say, right. why do you read all these books? Oh, I read them to see what their perspective is. Mm. Is, is there something that correlates with who I am and where I am? Every single book that I've read, and I've read over, well over, over 300 books, 270 to 300 books I've read over the course of five years, over the span of five years. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those have been a strong contribution to who I am. And all it is, is basically looking at their perspective, whether mm-hmm. it's in leadership, whether it's on philosophy, whether it's on religion, whether it's on uh, spiritual development, whether it's on communication, like every single one of them have been a great, uh, I would say, a, an impact mm-hmm. to who I am today. Yeah. That's great. The the um it's it's funny that you you brought it back to to reading but because I remember when I was younger and my dad would always use this phrase readers are leaders or just something along that line of always like go read go read go read and mm-hmm. similar to you it, it didn't really click for me until like 2013 when I came across Eric Thomas watching like the YouTube videos and yep. it was the first time in a while that I'd heard someone mention reading but they gave me a reason to read like they said read this for your mind read this to learn about your finances read this for yep. this because I mean you could be reading a newspaper 
newspaper, you could be reading a comic strip, like everything, mm -hmm. everywhere you go, like reading is part of your literacy. But if you don't understand mm -hmm. why you're reading or what you're reading or what you're going to get out of it, you can very well miss like that, the golden nugget, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I brought that even into my class so like about three years ago. I was given a grant for $5,000 by the Tostito and Tostitos and uh, PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And they gave me about $5,000 grant. So I used some of that money to buy a bunch of books. So I mm -hmm. bought, you know, books by Tony Robbins, books by um, um, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, Napoleon Hill, mm -hmm. books by just, just a, a Grant Cardone, a lot of different individuals out there. And I brought right. them into my classroom. And I said, you know what? Every single day when you guys walk into my classroom, you guys are going to be dedicated uh, and required to read at least 15 minutes every single day you walk in my classroom. And at first, a lot of them bucked at that that requirement. Like, what? And I even sent a letter home, a flyer home, saying, "Hey, this is a requirement." Or you know, we talk about participation that being a grade. Well, this is their participation. The, the more that they read, the better they'll succeed. And right. the more that they the more that they learn, the more that they'll earn. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you, your father wasn't far at all by expressing that because I believe that with all of my heart that today's readers are tomorrow's leaders. Right. And and I guess what was as you're doing the reading, especially with the books that you've mentioned and some of the authors, um, I found it difficult to at times keep track of the information or keep it organized or just mm -hmm. have a balance between education and also finding something that's leisurely or fun or or something mm -hmm. that's just like a different topic. How, how have you mm -hmm. been able to organize the books in your mind or just organize the information to where it doesn't feel like you're being overwhelmed or burnt out? Right, just right. Like, oh, geez, like so many, so many words, the words are blurring together. <laughs> so one of the things that have helped me, and in fact, I have a lot of, I have a lot of books. We have well over, well over 500 books in our home, but you see all these tabs. So yeah. when a, a lot of people, in fact, uh, a great brother of ours, Pierre Evans asked me one day, he's like, he said on a, on a live, he's like, coach, we got to get together sometime and do a podcast. And you got to tell me the secret between your colors, your coordination, your tabs and all, and, and, and your different colors of, of highlighters. Mm -hmm. And so when I was just, I was just sharing this with my class just last week. I said, the reason why I use different highlights, I said, because if it's something that sticks out that just, I don't want to forget, I will highlight it in yellow. If it's mm -hmm. a name, if it's a, a date, if it's a statistic, a number, then I'll use pink. If it's, uh, uh, you know, something that's um, like a quote, I'll use blue. So every single one of those have, <clears throat> excuse me, every single one of those have their own distinct you know, ability of staying in your cognitive mind. Mm -hmm. uh, the sticky notes are things that I put my own notes on, my own thoughts, mm -hmm. like, you know, what this individual was saying, you know, right. having notebooks. I mean, I have, I have a lot of notebooks. One of my students was like, Coach Sagasa, she's about to graduate. And she said, I still have like three notebooks from all from our leadership class. I was like, oh, there's some good content. In there. I know there is. And <laughs> so that's one of the things that help. That's one of the things that help. You know, I don't say that, you know, privately. I say it with confidence, but that's literally, I know that there's good content in there. Mm -hmm. um, those are some of the things that have helped me to stay, you know, very close to what I'm reading, being very specific in what I read. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the students that when they first came into my class, they were like, how, how come we don't have no novels? I'm like, well, because I'm not the novel reader. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking for books that definitely are going to not just inspire you or motivate you or empower you, mm -hmm. but books that are going to be aligned that you're going to need for life. So whether it's Think and Grow Rich or whether it's The, 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 the Secret, each one of those books will help in your, in your journey. Not to say that a novel won't, 
Right. But in all reality, this book is going to be much more heavier than that novel. And so it was, you know, again, you know, no, nothing against novels or anything, but you know, when we when you talk about leisure leisure reading, that's that's to me when I, in my mind, that's what I think of a leisure reading uh, is sitting back reading novels, you know, the, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid or or mm-hmm. something like that, you know. Whereas I look at for, I'm looking for leadership, I'm looking for philosophy, I'm looking for, you know, uh, building stronger communication or connecting with individuals. So whether it's psychology, whether it's metaphysics, whether it's sociology, whether it's leadership, whether it's philosophy, mm-hmm. no, that's what's, that's what 97% is in my home. Gotcha. You know, that's, that's, that's what we, as a family, that's what we always look at. And even people today, colleagues that I work with are always like, mm-hmm. Hey, have you heard this book? I'm like, mm, let me see it. Oh yeah. I have that book. Or let me hear the name. Oh, yeah. I have that. I have books by him or, mm-hmm. or her. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, or, or let me see the cover, and, and and I'll put that in my car, my shopping cart, and I'll gotcha. buy that book. You know, next year, this right, year right. I, I broke my promise because my promise was I wasn't going to buy any books this year. I mean, I have enough books to continue for the next at least two years of reading. Right. But I found, I, you know, I told my wife, I was like, hey, I just got to let you know that uh, I broke my vow. I broke my, <laughs> my, 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 my religious, my religious New Year's resolution. I said, I ended up buying like five books, you know, uh, and three were audio books, you know, because I believe even, even when you're, and I've said this over, over the, over the years, over the span of five years is even in my automobile, I still have like Brian Tracy. I still have like Zig Ziglar. I still have like different individuals in my vehicles, both vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, that I can listen to. And I posted a picture on my Facebook of Grant Cardone because I went back to Grant Cardone listening to some stuff by Grant. You know, it, it, again, it's just, you know, you, you're going to, if you really want to get to the next level in your life and not live in the conformity of the mind here on earth and you want to step outside and, and feel better, be better, and give better, then you're going to want to add whatever content it is. So if it's, you know, if it's learning about finances, you want to just be that coach in that area, then you're going to do that. If it's, you know, leadership and metaphysics and philosophy, you're going to put yourself in that area. And so you just feed it. And so I got, I got two kids, like I said, that I want them to always constantly hear that. I mean, my son is in the Navy. He's 21 years old. And he's still from time to time that we talk, I can still hear what he was listening to five years ago, seven years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like you can hear it in his voice. You can hear it in some of the conversations. So right. I hope that answers your question to that. It does. And and I guess what, as you said, like 97% of the things that you you have in your home, 97% of the things, like the majority of the things that you focus on is the leadership, is the psychology, is those things that you teach on in essence, who you are being a coach. But at the same time, you don't dismiss like, the novels, the leisure mm-hmm. time, because it's like that's still um, that's still something that you acknowledge. At least um, I would. I wanted to say something, but maybe ask it in a question to say um, how how do you view like leisure time? How do you view downtime? Because I think for me to give you an example, I. I didn't have a healthy um, day-to-day balance. It's like, okay, I'm going to go hard and read all these books. I'm going to go jot all these notes down. But then there wasn't enough action to follow it up where there wasn't a plan to say, okay, you're doing this and then you're going to follow up. Okay, what did we do? Okay, what, what are we doing? And then it's like hearing so much information and trying to do it all at the same time. And then I had to narrow it down with one book that helped really put a point on it, the one thing where it's like, 
focus on one thing, be like a stamp, stick to that, and it'll get you to your destination. And like you said, whether it's leadership or whether it's finances, whatever, most people that are enjoying their life or they're doing well for themselves, they more or less stuck to that one thing. And you, you hear it in their voice, you hear it in their passion that like you even see it online, whether it's the content that they put in their mind or the content that they put out into the world. And you see like, oh, wow, this person seems like such an expert because it's like, that's all they focused on. They're mm. not distracted, so to speak, or they're not worried about how am I going to miss out? But I guess my question is, um, because it happens so frequently, or at least this happened to me, so I'm, I'm asking for myself, um, how have you been able to avoid the pitfalls of like information, constipation, or just having having gotten all this stuff, and then you're like, oh, geez, I don't know what to do with it. it for me, you know, again, being very specific on the information that I wanted to employ into my life, you know, a lot of it, it again, comes back to self-control, self-discipline, and self-analyzation. So just analyzing exactly, you know, what I need and, and staying glued to that. So for like right now, you know, I have two books in my backpack, well, I have three, but one's out right now on the table. But just going with them, and two of them are on, you know, psychology slash leadership. The other one is all about just genuine life and the people you work with. So that's more of like a sociology and business as okay. by Dale Carnegie, one of my favorite teachers. So when I look at content, when I'm looking at information, I, again, I need, and I know this from research, I know this from study that you have to have brain breaks. You have to have a brain break. And I, I do this even with my students. Even especially even more so today because they're not they're not they're not used they've been out of school for almost a year a lot of kids so mm -hmm. I make that very very stern very adamant um, my my climate my my external environment whether it's a cool uh, classroom or setting you know the light low illumination better education like all these little small things have a lot to do with you know employing information employing it and keeping it grounded. Um, so I, I, I like using some of those tools, you know, it's, it's important to me, um, gotcha. making sure that, yeah, that the content is very geared towards what I want to learn for that day. And again, you, you, you said this information constipation. Yes, that does happen because some people, they get, they just keep on reading and reading and reading and reading, and they're really not in point or they're not taking action. And I, right. and I, and I said this to my students just the other day, three things that you can control your action, your attention, and your attitude. Those are three things that I no, physically, every human being can actually employ and right. practice. And that's, again, with even without even with the distractions going around in the world, the, the kids still don't quite understand how is it that I can read and there's still conversations going on and everything else is going on and how I can be outside and, and there's games going on, there's balls flying around, how I right. can still be reading in, in, so, in certain times like that or how I can stay in tune and focus with somebody and not pay attention to what else is going around. But I'm in, I'm in tune with the conversation because I care enough because I'm again going back to that that feeling that uh, that emotion that control is I want I don't want to I don't want to um, what's the word the word is called uh, voluntarily just give away that 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 time right so and that's what I look at is voluntarily giving away time voluntarily just throwing away you know the, the time and space that you could be in at that moment does that make sense it does and you you mentioned one thing uh, brain breaks I, I guess that's mm -hmm. what I was essentially asking what does a brain break look like for you what does it look like for me a brain break for me is either stretching going uh putting on some different music 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so finding something I can research in. Uh, mm-hmm. My brain is wi- is is wired very very different. So there are times where I can ha- I could be doing and I've heard this and I've read this and actually and I I'm one to disagree with this this individual. Mm-hmm. But this individual said that human beings are not meant to multitask and mm-hmm. we should stay stuck on one thing. Well, I right. beg to differ because everybody's wired different. Right. So just right. because the theory of, you know, this individual and the study of 250 people or 5,000 people, there's 7 billion people on earth. Mm-hmm. We're all wired different. God right. did not make right. us, every single one of us wired the same. So I believe so much that there are times when my brain break, I could be studying on one specific area mm-hmm. and then I can come over here and I can start working over here on this. And it right. might be even just making a, a, a funny video to post on social media, right? Because that's part of the things that I learned from Nikki Saunders would be you with, you know, just doing little things like that. You know, sometimes yeah. it's just, you know, again, that's a brain break. Right. Uh, getting up and getting coffee or going to go get a hamburger or go get a shake. Like that's a mm-hmm. brain break. That brain break might be an hour, might be two hours. Right. Who's to say again, and you can't again, go back. You can't go back to where you were at mm-hmm. and start again, pick right. up where you left off. You know, again, anybody that says opposite than that is right. again, geared only they're, 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 the, they're the, 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 the Kentucky Derby horse <laughs> where they right. are just one tracked. One track mind. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. No, no, right. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm. I'm very diverse, and that's where the cultural diversity and strength comes in. Is because I believe opposite, and you Got can it. do those things. Right. But I, I think to your point, the way the way you said it, and maybe the way I, I heard it from the one thing book, or it might have been the slide edge. You're saying that um, multitasking is a lie in the way that I guess maybe the first time I thought of multitasking, or the way I've seen people do it. It's for instance, okay, say I was trying to talk to you and listen to music and a YouTube video at the same time. It's like more or less my attention is going to be on one of those things, even if it's a minute here, a minute there, a minute there. It's like each time my focus is on one singular thing. Like, yes, I can switch from one thing to the other, but similar to maybe some people are better at it than I am, but texting and driving does not work for me. So it's like if I'm focused here and I'm looking at the road, yeah, I can glance down at my phone, but my mind knows, okay, you are going this way, but all it takes is a second to just be veer off. So I, I think you you make a good point on the way people talk about multi, multitasking and it kind of goes back to that thing where there's not just one way to view things. Obviously, mm. you have the you have the ability to like walk and chew gum, but you may not be able to um, you may not be able to do like I don't know, run and chew gum, for instance, if you haven't right. practiced at it. So it's like right. everyone has different levels to which they operate. Yeah, I, I told a group of students uh, because I'm, I'm in the season of softball right now, mm-hmm. though it's not the, the actual season, but this is what we've been given because of COVID. Nonetheless, I explained to some of my girls this last week, I said, you know, you're thinking too much. Mm-hmm. So when you're running, you're thinking of just your elbows, but you're not thinking about the stride in your legs. Mm. I says, or or you're thinking about your legs in the way that they should be forming, and you're not thinking about your arms. That's why you're running out here. I says, so again, what I'm trying to emphasize in them is don't think so much. Mm-hmm. Let your body be natural. Mm-hmm. You know, as you as you as you just brought up, you know, chewing the gum and walking or chewing the gum and running. Um, right. Being multitasking again, it comes with a condition we we call self control or self uh, discipline. As mm-hmm. you discipline yourself enough to where you go, okay, I've been on this project for 
four hours. I'm going right. to take a 10 minute. I'm going to do a 10 minute and I'm gonna, or I'm going to do a 20 minute or I'm going to do a 30, a 30 minute. But you have now governed yourself by saying, okay, I'm going to just give myself 30 minutes. That's right. discipline. I'm going to come back to this. You gave right. yourself a brain break. Now you come back to this. And pretty soon you're an hour into the same project and you start feeling you know, that fatigue in the project. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't think so hard on it. Take a brain break. Go watch a video on YouTube or, or, or listen to something. Or, right. or turn down the air or turn, you know, go outside uh, right. or, or as, as Tony Robbins taught us, you know, uh, beginning of COVID, uh, ground yourself mm-hmm. and it's a grounding mechanism. Right. You breathe. Right. It's just a hard breathing. So ground yourself. You'll right. see, some, you'll see some different results. And again, multitasking for some people is good. I mean, there's a lot of, in, a lot of legends that have come throughout history that were multitaskers. So. Right. Right. That's a good point. The, uh, what was I thinking? The, oh, I guess one thing. Whenever you brought up, um, I was I was gonna say maybe I, I was hearing things differently when you were talking about the running exercise. It's like almost in the same breath that you're saying you're thinking too much. It's almost saying maybe you're not thinking enough. Like you're thinking about different things that are not in alignment with each other. As to where if your focus is singular, say if um you're running from point A to point B, and as you think about okay, this is the action that I'm taking, and I think I heard this from Robbie Down. Jr. talking about when he showed up to stage and his director is asking him, it's like, what's your action? Like, I'm, well, I'm this guy doing this and this. It's like, no, you're in this setting mentally and this is what you're doing. And it's like, boom, okay, now I can bring in the emotion. Now I can bring in the, um, I, I can bring in, I can bring myself to that place that I need to be. So whenever you, you said it, it took me a second to hear. I was like, well, if I, if I'm only thinking of my elbows and then you're telling me to think of my legs isn't that thinking more than i'm not thinking i'm already thinking too much but it's like no 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 like that's what was said but that's not what that's not what was said in him right. saying you're thinking too much you're thinking on the wrong things but focus on what you're doing and that's consider it. what's involved with that uh, you know i i gave him i gave him a story how my my track coach used to do it. My track coach used to put pennies in our, in our, in the, in the right in the pit of our forearm and our bicep. And he mm-hmm. always made us, you know, hammered down. And, you know, what I was really pushing on that day was helping because one, one of my scholars, he says, I don't know how to run. Mm-hmm. I said, really? I said, okay. I said, and so that stuck in my mind. So in 24 hours, when I came back out of practice, I geared the whole practice for running, mm-hmm. for batting, for dynamics, for the, for the body. Body's mechanism. So I, I strongly, because I know distractions today in the 21st century for these students today, these scholars, is is just mind blowing, mm-hmm. and it's 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 so toxic right. that and damaging that a lot of people, uh, leadership, they're not talking about it. They're not doing anything really much about it, mm-hmm. and even in the home. But nonetheless, you know, so that's why I was specifically saying they're thinking too much. And they do a lot of students today. They're thinking too much about what's on television, what they're going to do the next hour. What are they doing after practice? What are they what what is on social media right now? Who's saying who? What's when? you know, and you're here in this space. Great outdoors. It's beautiful. Focus on the natural ability of how running, you know, so, you know, I try to really pound and ground those things into them. And then, of course, giving them principles that that can correlate with life. Right. So, like running, it's going to be hard. You got to breathe through your nose, out through your mouth. You got to focus. Mm-hmm. If you can focus on your breathing, it'll be so much easier. All these right. little things, you know, going up the mountain in life, it's going to be hard, but you got to do it. Mm-hmm. So, 
just yeah, imp- implementing those those type of uh, principles with them too it helps out. Mm, that's good. I guess it, it takes me to my next question, which asks um, from given what happened in 2020 with um, COVID, with the pandemic, just all the different things, how the world's changed over and over, or just changed over from what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's something you'd say you gained from 2020? That's a good question. I, there's, uh, so one thing that fear is the most contagious disease mentally, physically, and spiritually. That was the number one thing that I took away from 2020. I watched a whole globe, a whole earth crumble because fear, not hope, not inspiration, not self-empowerment, not not Jesus coming out of the sky, just straight up fear. And the more I researched on fear and how it can be catastrophic to the human body, mm-hmm. I said, wow, this is amazing. I was pointing things out to my wife, like when we were home for two weeks, before we did anything, like we were home for two weeks, I was pointing out little things that, you know, great individuals, great authors were expressing because they had lived during the the, the, the bubonic plague or the, the, the uh, oh, in New York City, there was a, uh, in 1927, come back to me, Sagasta, it was um, uh, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie uh, was speaking with, um, oh, come on, W. Clement Stone. And it was, he watched, he watched smallpox. There were six people that died in New York City in that time. And he watched over a million people go get shots Mm. of over a million people. Only six people died. And I was just, again, that's the fear he was speaking of. And I watched and I go, man, even today, I sit back again. That's what I took away is that fear could either dominate and Mm. control all of humanity or it could be behind us and underneath Mm. us. And we can keep on living in hope and inspiration right. and motivation and empowerment and living right. with Christ. So that's what really changed. Like, yeah, it, you know what? Yeah, that was the biggest thing that I took away, right. the greatest thing. Awesome. And to quote one of your um, one of your mentors, Grant Cardone, I, I was watching an interview with him and Dave Shands. Um, I joined his community to learn and understand entrepreneurship and business. And I think Dave asked them the question about fear. And Grant said, I guess, as it relates to courage, like you can't really be courageous unless you experience the fear or acknowledge it and then move forward in spite of that. Because I guess sometimes when people say fear, it's like it can be this wet blanket or this thing that just embraces you and forces you to crumble. It forces you to your knees and it'll keep you there. But to see the people that, whether they get into um, cage a cage to fight, because I, I follow the UFC and MMA, and that's something mm-hmm. that I kind of wonder to myself what draws me to it. But I, I understand that the thing that always impresses me, whether it's just watching a news thing or like a highlight clip is that someone, another human in their mind, despite their fear of facing another man in nothing but their underwear, is willing to go to battle to say, okay, hug my friends and I may not make it back. But despite mm-hmm. that, that fear, like I'm still going to engage in this um, highly intensive war or chess match to be in there with another man, with another woman, with another human to just say, I'm bringing my whole self into this in spite of what I feel butterflies the injuries the yeah, right everything else but that that's yeah. powerful it, it, it is you know and i was just sharing this last night with my wife on our way home is it, you know my plan is if everything goes right by the end of this year go back out and do skydiving again mm-hmm. you know again it, it, it's, it's just again that's that's what gears and amplifies who i am energizes me and it's mm-hmm. been a while it's been almost two years since i went out skydiving so 
I need to go back and do it again because yeah. again, it amplifies. I want to go swimming with the sharks. I want to go, mm-hmm. you know, do different hikes and, and explore exploration. I got another hike coming up with the whole family in Zion. So little things like that, you know, mm-hmm. even in the spite of fear, fear is everywhere. It's everywhere. But right. again, the biggest fear is within ourselves. Like we fear sometimes ourselves. We fear the, the person within. Right. When we look in a mirror and we look deep into that, into the, into the, 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 what is it called? The, um, Oh, the, the, the center of our eye, the, there's a specific name the ophthalmologists use. Um, oh, what is it called? I guess a retina. It might right. be the, the, the best word, but I think that's what it is. But nonetheless, you look directly in the retina of your eye and mm-hmm. you see, again, what is going to dominate you? What thing are you going to allow fear to enter? Because to me right. today now, you know, again, what I took away is fear is just a thought. Right. And that's all That's all it was. And, you know, when you, you, when you pump fear into people, it's just a thought. Mm-hmm. It's not a reality. It becomes a reality when we accept it. That's right. what I've learned. And I was like, okay, cool. Bet. Just like jumping out of a plane. Mm-hmm. I'm fearful. As soon as I put my foot on the step to get in the plane, I'm not fearing anything once we start flying up. The mm-hmm. fear sets back in again when the door opens up and my man's hanging outside of the window, outside the door, giving everybody signals one, two, three, go. Right. You know, and then the only fear is I'm hoping that this dude, my jump master that I'm jumping with, uh, had a good day. Right. You know, that he didn't have a messed up day. His wife didn't divorce him, <laughs> take the whole house. And, you know what I'm saying? Like on his way to work, he had a flat tire. Like, you know, somebody cut him off at Starbucks. And now he's just said, you know what? I'm done with it. And I'm taking you with me. You know, right. there's all kinds of fear that could be pumped into our mind. But it's just a thought like anything else. It's a thought. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've come to come to truly believe and accept. Fear can be a thought just like, you know, as, as Grant said, conquer, you know, and, and over conquering things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a That's thought. Awesome. Yeah. And <clears throat> it never fails, but it, it always comes back <laughs> Excuse me. where the, I guess, like, I've heard many people speak on it, whether it's T.D. Jakes or whether it's in the Bible or in different books where when you talk about really controlling what goes into your mind, it's what even when it comes to your attention, your attitude. And um, I forgot the, the third thing you said, but those things are all processed by your mind. They all come through your mind. And it's like if you do not protect your mind and they say put on the helmet of salvation, mm-hmm. you have to. And I, I became aware of this yesterday or I think Thursday going into work. Like I went in with the right intention to say, okay, I'm listening to the right music, walking into work, listening to some, mm-hmm. um, I think it was a playlist called Soul Coffee, where it's like smooth jazz, mm-hmm. real good melodic beats. And I was like, okay, this is my groove, my beat. But then I was met with, um, I was met with an altercation or I was just met with like a different energy. So then I had to, within the time, realize, okay, regardless of what you have going on internally, the world is still going to happen. But now so. you have the choice to choose how you're going to respond and initially it was responding out of frustration because i was like i hear what you're saying but the way you're presenting it to me i'm not willing to receive it and (laughs) i just need to walk away and go to the bathroom to stretch my legs the bathroom's on the other side of the store so right right let me go there and collect myself because regardless of what you're saying to me this is a me problem it has nothing to do with you even if i feel like you might be coming at me aggressively because 
Yeah. When I hear yeah. the words you're saying, they're meant to help me. I'm just not needing the help right now. And then when I walked away, I was realizing that, okay, kind of back to what Jim Rohn was saying, you reap more than what you sow. And I thought mm. back to how the person was talking to me and I was like, I've done that to my younger brother on several mm -hmm. occasions. Mm -hmm. I not only need to apologize, <clears throat> but this was a perfect example of being like, here's what you give out. Now eat what it is that you're feeding other people and understand right, right, right. Understand what it is that you give and don't just be like, oh, I'm sorry, send a message and let's brush it by. But it's like, no, you created this. See mm -hmm. what it is that you create. This should be a firm example for you not to repeat it. Don't go cower. Don't go hide, but understand it. Walk away, gather yourself, come back, do the work you're going to. And I think after that, I said a prayer that was along the lines of God, help me to end today better than I started it mm. and really help me to get out of my own small way mm. to not just be this. Oh, they said this to me because the first thing I did after that, I went on break and then I started to complain to somebody else. And as I heard somebody <laughs> coming around the corner, I <laughs> shut up. But then I was like, okay, in me right. shutting up, let me not bring it up again. Because if I wasn't, if I'm not going to bring it up to their face, it's not worth it. If I don't want to dwell right. on it, let me drop it. And then that's kind of what I, I was able to catch up and talk with my coach yesterday. And it was like, that's good. good. That's yeah. good. It's like, that's now it. continue to evaluate your self-image and be honest. <clears throat> Do not lie to yourself. And again, interrogate reality without placing blame. And I was like, I'm learning. I'm growing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> There's, you know, the three A's that I gave earlier is, <clears throat> excuse me, that we can control as human beings. Right. Is the action, mm -hmm. is our attention, and is our attitude. Right. And practicing this sometimes could be hard some days. Some days it could be easy, depending on what we face. But I always know this for sure. I can't control everybody else's environment. I can only control my environment. Right. I can't control the external environment outside except anything that I take action or anything that I give attitude to, or anything that I'm voluntarily, and that's the word I've used this year, is mm -hmm. voluntarily giving my attention to. Mm -hmm. So if I volunteer to give attention to whatever he or she is saying about so-and-so, and I have I do work with two people that are that have never been in education before. And mm -hmm. so they're like <clears throat> always wondering and guessing and and assuming and there's a lot of speculation in their mind and sometimes they, they they word bomb this information out and sometimes I give attention to it sometimes I don't sometimes I just keep on moving because I try to stay focused on what I need to do for that specific time or that specific or that specific day and or who or, or if I can engage with another student that way I can break that uh, th that that attention before mm -hmm. I get pulled into it. You know, I don't want right. to get pulled into this this cyclone of, of 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 crap. Let's call it where I could definitely engage with the student. And if I got to sit down and talk about, you know, how what are you doing this weekend? I'll do that mm -hmm. just to break up the attention in my mind. That way, I'm not focused on what they are saying, he is saying, naysayers are saying. It works. It works. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to things like I have to face, like every single Thursday, we have these these you know meetings. And some of these meetings, I hear nothing. Again, being an being a leader, I hear nothing but griping. I hear right. venting, and so sometimes I have to sit in the corner by myself 
And I just observe, I shut everything off and I observe and I look mm. at personalities, I look at behaviors, I look at what's being said, I look at problems mm. and I look around and sometimes I'll raise my hand confidently and say, all right, now what's the solution? Mm. Oh, why is it every single time, you know, so I sometimes will bring it in front of my principal. Why is it we always come to these meetings and there's no donuts mm. just to throw, just to throw the meeting <laughs> off? You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's like, well, donuts, yeah, we're why talking is about, no you know, behavior. we're talking about academics and you brought a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Move gears. Let's bring it back now right. to what the main topic was. Because again, being in a circle sometimes or being in a board meeting, sometimes it can veer off. If they're if they are not grounded and they have self-control and self-discipline, mm-hmm. people will tend to go off on every rabbit trail they possibly can. Right. If you're grounded in mm-hmm. your mind and you're practicing self-discipline, then you know exactly the category and the area and the and trail of which you're making for yourself. Yeah. So I thought that, that was interesting that you did that. That's good. Thank you. And it's funny what, as you mentioned, discipline, another thing that was kind of a, um, a, I don't know if you'd say like a taboo break or something from the the one thing book. And I'm going to, I'm going to finish it today or at least make progress listening to an hour of it. And uh, one other thing that it said was talking about the misconception of discipline. But as I'm hearing, I'm thinking back on that and I'm hearing you speak on discipline, I'm thinking of like habit and discipline being related almost as like the chicken and the egg it's like i'm, I'm not sure mm-hmm. which one come, came first but the way the mm-hmm. book was saying it is like you have to have you have like you don't necessarily need like an extreme amount of discipline like people think because it's like mm-hmm. they want to create a new habit and they're like i've got to do this massive thing like we did the the 100 day challenge and you and that was something massive where I think I maybe got through like 30 days before um, I allowed myself to get distracted with other things. But also it's like in your intention, your attention, what what are the things that you're putting down? Were they to impress other people or were they things I generally wanted to work on and improve? Were they measurable? Were they tangible saying, okay, I want to talk to this person one time out of the week or I just, mm-hmm. I want a good relationship. It's like, okay, well, those words sound Nice, but what does that look like? And I think what what the book was saying essentially is that like is almost saying like okay, be as lazy as you want to be, but even like in your laziness, if you're able to take the smallest amount of discipline that you have and apply it to some to just that one thing, it's like you're going to create discipline through the habit that you're forming. So. By taking a very small amount of discipline, you're forming this habit that's going to reinforce the discipline to where it's like you do something for so long, so well, you're bound to get better at it. Even if you're failing, like you could probably tell somebody like, oh, yeah, I know exactly how to get lost or how would you get lost yeah. when you get into a city? You don't plan where you're going to go. You don't grab a map. You don't right. you do not do the base. And ask. it's like, OK, right. Yeah. You don't ask the question. So obviously, if I can tell you, here's how you can fail, you'd be like, OK, what if I don't do one of those things, or maybe I just do the opposite of that, like, yeah. you might get the opposite result. Right. Yeah. Self-control and self-discipline are two major factors that I look at when I look even, even through biblical history, mm-hmm. individuals that had this self-control and this, this, this persona, uh, you know, I look, I, I will always forever give a lot of credit to Job. He mm-hmm. didn't lose control. That's right. a man of self-control. And he, uh, he, he, really amplified that for me 
and seeing, you know, what, hey, you you had, I mean, he wasn't in biblical terms. He wasn't as rich as, you know, King Solomon, mm-hmm. but yet he was the richest of his time when cattle, he had great surrounding of friends. And mm-hmm. when he lost everything, <clears throat> He didn't mock God. He stayed disciplined. He stayed focused. He still had his communion. He still did exactly what he intended every single day to do. Mm -hmm. That to me is 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 like no other control whatsoever. And when I look at that and go, okay, my life, I could fly off the handle for a lot of different things and be mediocre or be part of the monotony of life and do that. Or there are times where I can control and think 10 seconds into before. And I tell my students this a lot, rationally, ethically, and logically think before speaking. Mm -hmm. It shows your intelligence versus just spontaneously speaking or Mm -hmm. spontaneously taking action and things that you shouldn't be taking action in because it's not humanly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, self-control, you know, I I look back at at self-control and self-discipline and it does play a a massive role in my life. You know, Sarah and I used to, used to make our bed. We would race to make make the bed because that was the first achievement in the morning. You Mm -hmm. know, today it's self-discipline to make sure I work out and I wake my kids up at 5 a.m. and they work out with me. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I, I, I go to the gym or I work out for a whole hour and a half. Like just the discipline in certain areas of our life. You know, I don't watch a whole lot of movies that have a lot to do with um, nudity. I don't need my mind running off that way. I don't watch a lot of horror movies. I don't need my mind running off and in, in, in what the what ifs, what if somebody breaking my house? I don't surround myself around, you know, so discipline is is is, is wide. The spectrum is wide and it's very deep. Mm-hmm. You can discipline yourself in a lot of a lot of great areas. When I look at people that say, I can't stop smoking, that's because you don't want to discipline yourself, though you're still you're still practicing discipline because you're disciplining yourself to buy the cigarettes every single day, every right. or, or to every week. So there's still some form of control and discipline in their life. It's just not in the direction that, again, me personally believing that you want to be in. If right. you want to live a long life, you'll stop smoking. If you want to live a, a healthy life, you'll stop going to McDonald's and, and eating all that food every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, but that's just my, that's just me. Right. But everybody else, was, you know, I made a delivery yesterday. And I was telling Sarah, my wife, I was like, Man, there was all kinds of food. Like I've been studying the whole time that I'm doing Postmates with my wife. Mm-hmm. I am studying the habit of people and what they eat. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it just to make side income. I'm also doing it for educational purposes. Right. I'm seeing what people eat the most. And right. right now, out of the categories of healthy food and not healthy food, they're eating non-healthy food. So that's right. a that's a that's a that's a control factor. That's right. a habit. Right. That's a so discipline would say, hey, I want you to bring me, you know, uh, some a sandwich. You know, uh, what do you call it? a veggie sandwich or or just straight. Per- a protein, nothing but protein on it. Then you would go, oh man, somebody is thinking, somebody mm-hmm. is putting a little bit more thought. So, right. I, you know, all these different factors that I look at, even doing Postmates, just I'm looking at little things like that. I'm just, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what scholars do. We're always analyzing right. analytically what things that we can see that people behaviors and their observation. That's, I'm happy and it's a gift, to them, mm-hmm. but I do a lot of that from time to time. Awesome. <laughs> the, uh, just, just thinking on, on what, on just to, I guess, maybe wrap up on discipline or um, self-discipline particularly. How is it that you discipline yourself without punishing yourself for too long, without being like, okay, I, I wish I was like Job or 
man, like I really messed up this week. And okay, I said I was going to do like so many push-ups and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I missed a day. I missed another day. It's like, how do you keep from going almost into a depressive state from worrying so much about what wasn't done and just being like, okay, that didn't happen. Let me course correct and do this now. Like now that I'm thinking about it, like let that. me take an action on it. Good question. So <clears throat> my son actually implemented and burned this into my head. Don't go more than three days going to the gym. And that has been the biggest, I guess, token and inspiration for me from my son, because he will not go no more than three days to the gym. And he he is going to school to be a fitness trainer. So mm-hmm. um, I won't go more than three days of working out. I won't go, you know, even if it's even if it's reading. I will. Mm-hmm. And today's today, my my thing is is. Saturday and Sunday before I was reading every single day. Mm-hmm. Now, Saturday and Sunday, I don't I don't pick up a book. Mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, I'll pick up my books and I'll read. Right. If I find some leisure time and where there's nothing going on, I might pick it up and read. But for mm-hmm. the most part, again, I that's only two days. Right. So it, it's soda. Like I, I love having an ice cold glass with ice and a Coke once in a while. Right. I haven't done it lately. Again, because I know that habit could come back like full on strong. We haven't right. had any Oreos in our house. Everybody knows me. I could eat a whole thing of Oreos by myself and not even think twice about it. Right. So again, just not practicing going down that aisle, not, not expressing to my wife, hey, don't buy no Oreos unless you're going to make those Oreo pops. Well, my daughter, my daughter can make some mean Oreo pops. So Mm-hmm. You know, once in a while, it's okay. But if you're consuming them after three days, then you might want to ask yourself, I, I might have to re- reflect with the mirror and say, okay, what am I doing? Why right. did I gain this extra weight? Why are my teeth hurting? You know, just little things like that. Why am I getting pimples? Oh, because right. I've been eating all this sugar. Right. So, you know, again, I, I think the best way to answer that question is number one, you have to know yourself well enough. Again, that's that self-analyzation self, uh, self or self-examination, right. Right. you know, knowing yourself well enough. And then number two is definitely practicing self-discipline. You know, mm-hmm. find something that you can do that can definitely start bringing in different routines or different habits because everybody knows that when you do something for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, I still, I used to hear a lot of people say 21 days and, and, and right. you know, uh, seven days and you know, uh, 30 days. And right. I started going back and watching like infomercials. And I was like, why were these people saying 90 days? Mm-hmm. Why were they doing that? Well, it's a psychological thing. And then I started doing some research. Okay. So give me 90 days mm-hmm. and do this one thing for 90 days. And if you could do this for 90 days, it, let's guarantee yourself, not anyone mm-hmm. else, yourself that you can do this for 90 days and watch the results. Right. What's the result? So, you know, and again, that's that self-discipline. That's that self-control. That's that self, uh, you know, analyzation or the self-examination is you're doing just those things. Right. So I hope that kind of answers. That, that did answer the question. And I think it answered something from before, because when you said you don't go, you don't go to the gym more than three days or you don't go three days consecutively. I don't know if I heard heard that correctly, but that made sense in the sense of like, okay, that's how you avoid doing too much of something. And that's how you maintain that discipline to say, I'm going to do this for this amount of time. Because again, with the mental breaks, it's not just, okay, I'm reading out of a 24 hour day, I'm going to sleep five or six hours, and then I'm going to be reading every hour on the hour. It's like, okay, try to do that for 365 days. It's not going to work out. So obviously I'm going to take 
I'll read today, maybe I'll pause tomorrow. And then like you said, for two days, more or less, you're taking that time out, which allows you time with your family, which allows you mm. time to be able to come up with other ideas. Because um, something I found in like starting out the podcast, I was like, okay, let me do a daily read every day. And then I wanted to put it out at a specific time. But something I quickly found is that I got through a third of the year starting in October and getting to like January, February. But then when you relocate, you're in a different um, territory, you're kind of a different time zone, the internet doesn't work as well. Discouragement, right. like similar to fear, it's that thing that kind of preys on you. And if you don't control your actions, your intention and your attitude, the discouragement, the fear and everything else can kind of creep in and settle with you to where you're like, okay, man, I can't do this. Or oh man, what if the people, they're waiting this? It's like, okay, first of all, this wasn't just for the people. This was an exercise for me to learn how to build a business, to learn how to do something that I love listening to and now I can enjoy creating. So then for this year, what changes that? Okay, let me get back into reading Dennis Kimbrough's book daily, first and foremost for myself, because I need the information. I need to motivate myself. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to say, okay, I'm out here to motivate people because the first time I saw myself giving a motivational speech after listening to Eric Thomas for um, like two to three years back to back to back almost every single day, it was like, obviously, what you listen to, what you pay attention to feeds into who you are. And that kind of bothered me a little bit because I was like, I'm not him. Like, I admire him. I would like to aspire to be like that. But then I quickly realized that I'm me and I need to embrace who I am, embrace my experiences embrace my life story and in taking breaks and taking the rest it allows me to be like okay I can do all these things and because it consumes me in the moment that I do them Mm -hmm. when I rest when I put my head to the bed when I take a nap when I take a mental break I'm at peace because I'm focused on resting I'm not resting and thinking of okay how many posts do I need to make how many things and like I'm not just making random posts when I'm doing I'm doing it daily but if if I'm, I'm working the night shift, I'm going to do it at the time that I wake up, even though if somebody, I didn't do it with the intention to be like, okay, somebody needs this the first thing that they wake up because it didn't start with them. It started with me. So then if somebody's seeing the thing randomly, like 8 a.m., midnight, 5 p.m., mm-hmm. it's like, what's going on? It's like, it's not, I'm not working on the, um, I'm working algorithm. on the, consi- right. I'm, I'm not working on the algorithm or I'm working on the consistency of this is a daily activity that I'm doing right, right. and I'm putting it out as accountability to myself to be like, when I look back at the history, I can see, okay, every day there's something done. But also I understand that if I don't go into it with the right energy, okay, I can do it every morning at 6am or at 7 when I get off of work. But if I'm completely drained and I can't even hear my words, I'm slurring my words, I'm trying to edit and everything's just like, blah. It's like, what what good was it worth? Okay, you made a thousand posts, you made 500 posts, but like you didn't put any of yourself into it. It. You right. didn't pay attention to what you were doing. And therefore, you didn't end up with the results you wanted because you weren't thinking about the results. You were thinking about, well, let me slow down on this. I wasn't thinking about, I was thinking about the results, but I forgot the intention with which 
I started. So yep. then the end result became diluted. And to quote Dave Shans again, is he said this thing, and I think maybe other people have said it too, but I, I heard it from him, so I credit him. He says, we have to be married to the activities, but dating the results, meaning that the day-to-day, everything you do to get you to the end result, you have to be excited about that, or at least driven to do it enough oh. to stay committed to it till death do you part, so to speak. But the result that you want, it's like, oh yeah, it's that's a nice movie date. That's a nice thing where it's like, yay, like the roses, like the glitz, the glamour, all those things are nice right, right. because those are the highlights that people will see. But in order for, for what you're doing to actually be, to actually sustain, you have to be married to the actions that you take. And to your point, you have to be married to how you're going to take those actions, what is going to garner your attention, how your attitude is going to re- be reflected. Because otherwise, you could be mad one day, happy the next, upset, and then yep. somebody could be looking at you like, okay, is this yep. person normal? Are they bipolar? What's going on? Are they just switching up on me? What, what's going on here? And, you know, I, I always say, I still say today that, you know, motivation is just, think about the word in itself, it's just an action. So for us, you know, as a family, like I said earlier, waking my waking my kids up at 5 a.m., you know, people would scoff at that. Why would you do that? They need plenty of rest. And who says who? Like some clinical doctor that, yeah, he went to school, but that might work for him or the subjects that he tested or he studied on. Mm-hmm. But these are my kids. And yeah. how I gear them and how what, what I put in front of them is going to be their behavior. It's going to be their habits. So their actions. At some point, like I explained to my daughter, at some point when you get on your when you're on your own, you'll be motivated yourself to get up in the morning and work out, or you'll re, you'll you'll take a better regard to what you're doing and why you're doing it when it comes to the workout, when it comes to reading, or when it comes to learning. You know, she was she was listening to uh, we were listening to David Goggins. Uh, is his book. And um, she says, dad, is that the guy that you listen to in the morning when we're working out? I said, yeah. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, so you listen to a different side of him from a different podcast in the morning, but in the car, you listen to his words, authentic and transparent in his book. And he's reading it. Mm-hmm. I said, so you, you, you know, you're hearing him different, the same thing with, you know, with E and everybody else. I said, you get all this right. opportunity to get the best education because ultimately the best education is in the home. You're getting all this insight that most right. students today will never ever get they're going to be right. just a, a a cookie cutter example of the year before and the generation before and the generation before and so i said this is what separates you in my home as your father is number one the motivation is to take the action in something and so for us as a family getting up and working out that's the action um and then number two is our attention and i'm you know mm-hmm. harping on these kids about your attention how much time are you spending in front of the tv how much time are you spending doing this how much you know attention where's your attention going you know don't don't right. don't right. don't allow time sappers time wasters energy energy sappers to take away your attention and my daughter is very good at this because you know i hear a lot of kids will say hey how come your daughter how come delina sits by herself because she doesn't want to be sapped by the naysayers hmm. she knows the personality of these individuals and it's not congruent with where she wants to be so a lot of kids don't understand that when i explain that to them but that's because she has learned, she has incorporated the attention. Right. And then of course the attitude. And one thing that I learned years ago was how to how to really develop and master a positive mental attitude. And once I learned that, once I stood understood the principles and the philosophy behind that, I practice it and I practice it and I practice it. Having a positive a positive mental attitude, PMA, a PMA is is magnificent. And once you put it on at, from the very moment of the day, 
it stays with you. Mm-hmm. Will there be road bumps? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. again, if you give attention to them, they'll start to turn that attitude toward a negative attitude if you give too much attention. If you give 10 minutes, okay, give 10 minutes to it, but give yourself a time. Mm-hmm. That's that self-control. Give yourself a time. I'm going to give attention to this problem. And if it's very negative, I'll give, you know, maybe I might even just do five minutes. And then after that, I got to pull away. I got to remove myself because if I stay there too long, I'm going to be like everybody else. And as, as, as the great Dr. Miles Monroe says, you're going to be around a bunch of pigeons and you were meant to be an eagle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Man, this has been amazing. The um, Yeah, definitely, Ash. Yeah. I, f- I feel like just just from what, what you're speaking on and just clear clarity on things, I think it gives me an appreciation for, and I, I, I was thinking on this yesterday, it gives me an appreciation for how I grew up because there was a period of time where I was bitter, resentful, thinking, why don't I have what the others have? And now I'm grateful for that to not only have experienced like the angst of it, but also to understand that I don't have what the others have because I have what I have. And I'm not necessarily a carbon copy where some people may say they they might look to like a Jordan or someone that like shines in in like an outwardly fashion where mm-hmm. it's bravado or this or that. But like me being who I am and how I am had and being able to accept that and really embrace it and make it make it me and not not look to, OK, how do I make this sexy or how do I make this? Mm-hmm. this? It's like, no, how do I just become Astro Chua? Like, how do I become what I was created the day that I was birthed? Like, again, back to Miles mm-hmm. Monroe, it's like you you came to Earth already made. If you think of how cars are made and manufactured, it's like you're tested, you're, um, once you're birthed, it's like everything that you were, you're ever meant to be is already within. And that's right. Yep. Unless you, you understand that and you grasp that within its entirety and you understand, once you understand what that really means, it starts to click and it, it really, aligns you with your purpose to let you know this is what you should be doing this is how you should be doing it um, regardless of what your environment your background is you learn to appreciate the things that are that were said to you then which you can now understand given a different context and understanding that my dad my parents they, they did the best they could with what they knew and if, if you look at it in hindsight in comparison to what people have today and what they're not able to do it's like man we really came up and as I speak mm-hmm. to my parents now being able to, to spend time at home here with them and I'm learning to control my attention my attitude and my actions I'm spending a bit more time affirming them kind of coming from the, the yeah. five love languages the singles yep. version yep. which is focus on rebuilding those relationships and just being grateful because it's like no matter how much I might do or think I can do it's not monetary to categorize the life of a child and what that is to come to adulthood and to be like okay someone brought me here someone took care of me when I couldn't fend for myself someone Mm -hmm. um, really looked out for me and it doesn't matter how frustrated I might be or how things don't align quite in my own mind I've got to understand that as much as I think I know now, I still don't know the gravity of things and all things will come in due time. And I'm just appreciative now that I can experience that and acknowledge that and be able to verbalize it to you to mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. Um, thank you for kind of bringing that um, clarity or to have that crystallize in my, my mind. And I, I say that in prayer to stay the course going forward and to not let the slightest thing upset me or not to let it drag me into 
to this if I need to make a joke or just walk away for a minute to say, let me gather myself. Let me work on doing that more going forward and actually grow as an adult now and, and be, okay, this is how adults respond. This is how a leader steps up and how he's, this is how you, you have dominion because you, you recognize who you are and you embrace that by basically living that out. That's right. Practicing it. Yep. Practicing it. You practice in it. That's right. Like daily. It's a daily thing. Right. I I like that. That's good. Very good. Excellent point. (laughs) Excellent point. I I was going to ask you, um, I I noticed your flag, the flag in the background. So I was going to say, do you have a military background? So no, that's actually my stepfather. So it was given to me when he passed. And uh, yeah, so no, I, 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 you know, there's a part of me that wishes I tried, but because the loss of hearing in my left ear, for those that are watching, probably noticed Mm -hmm. that I only put in one foot because I can't hear out of my left side. So it's been like that for a long time, but that was what prevented me from actually joining the military because of medical purposes. But yeah, yeah, my my kids, uh, my son leaves. My other son right now is in the Navy. My other son will be leaving in June for the Navy. Mm -hmm. And my daughter has a goal to join the Navy and be a veterinarian. So, you know, just the little things like that, you know, the servitude to their their country, you know, gives them, uh, you know, a little bit more respect and integrity, I think. So I wish I could have done, but I definitely do a lot for military and pay a lot of respects to them. Gotcha. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's funny. Um, I won't, I won't keep you too much longer. Um, I was just thinking of this. Sometimes it's again speaking to the environment that you're around and kind of what you um, what you're exposed to. I've, I've been mistaken many times to be in the military. Just I guess in the way that I've learned to carry myself and in the way mm-hmm. that I, I present myself when I go into a store or something. And um, I think other times also speaking to people from BU or just speaking to people that I've I've met in general. They're just like, "Are you married?" They're like, "How's your wife?" And I was like, no, I'm not married, not yet. <laughs> it's like, I don't have a wife, but I guess I was like, oh, that. And I, I think I said it to you guys and Quest or somebody must have replied and said, well, I guess you're you're a product of your environment. <laughs> so it's like hanging out with all the married guys and hearing the conversation, yeah, yep. learning and growing. It's like, oh, well, yeah, man, definitely. I'm, I'm learning becoming and growing. better. Yeah, yep. learning and growing. You know, those those calls are genuine. They they will always have a, a, a wonderful spot in my heart, my mind, because there are a lot of things we could all learn from each other each and every single day. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so with, with what you have going on this year and um, whether it's through social media through um, is it desert storm academy yeah desert star academy desert star gotcha so with that, um, if someone needed to reach out to you or if you have any projects coming out in the fall, um, how would someone get involved with that or um, connect with you? Man, the best way to connect with me is through Messenger, through Facebook, you know, utilizing Twitter and all the other social media platforms, you know, whether it's uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. But the greatest way to get a hold of me is email. That is the the best way today to get a hold of me. I use you know, oh, that's another thing. I'll share this with, with everyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in 2020, the other thing that I implemented was no notifications. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have notifications on their phone, whether the phone rings, all these, you know, dopamine was is still the highest form of drug today. Mm-hmm. And so it was just removing that from my phone. So now I have an actual time limit on my phone. So every social media platform, I have one hour. Mm-hmm. So that's an hour. It's either an hour of productivity or an hour of wasted time, yeah. one of the two. So, you know, when I when people want to reach out to me, a lot of people late of late have been reaching out through Messenger. So they use Facebook. 
Um, but emails is, is a great way to get a hold of me because I do check my emails at least once or twice a day. So that's, that's, that's the best way. Awesome. You, do you want to give out your email? <laughs> sure. That's, that's coachingbeyond5 at gmail.com. That's coachingbeyond5 at gmail.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-B-E-E-Y-O-N-D. The number five at gmail.com. Awesome. And uh, I'll make sure to put it in the, uh, the description or I guess oh, cool. show notes Thank as you, some people would call it. That way they Thank can... You get indirect contact with you but yeah, thank you thank you so much you're for, welcome brother for this interview it's been a long time coming but i think it's the right time good good i'm happy i'm definitely humbled uh hey stay connected with me actually you got my phone number right, brother? yes sir i just realized uh, that this it, morning and i was like <laughs> just, <laughs> use, just, just make it classic pick up the phone and call <laughs> it's not that difficult nope that's the connection that's the relationship we built yeah for everybody watching that's yes, why sir. we joined bu because we built a strong relationship so definitely lean on my brother Ash, i appreciate you brother yes, much sir, love likewise. to you take care uh, blessings